This is WGRE 91.5 FM, Greencastle, Indiana. Good evening and welcome to Music for Life, music from DePaul. In this episode, Professor Steve Snyder and Junior Drew Casey come in for a friendly chat about the next jazz ensemble concert. Professor Bonnie Whiting comes in to tell us about what the percussion ensemble has planned for their performance this week. Hannah Gothier talks with seniors Catherine Anderson Quinones and Lance Orta and junior Dallas Gray about their upcoming recitals. And sax professor Scotty Stepp tells us what to look forward to from Timothy McAllister's concert this weekend. There are lots of exciting things going on in the DePaul School of Music, and we're glad you could join us for Music for Life. The Percussion Ensemble has a performance planned this week. Joining me to talk about it is the Ensemble's director, Professor Bonnie Whiting. Welcome, Bonnie. Thanks. How's it going? Great. So what's happening? Well, one thing that's really unique about this concert is that I am actually the co-director of this concert and will be sharing that responsibility with dear friend and colleague, Professor Alan Audie, from the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. And Professor Audie had six weeks to work with the students on three pieces of music that are going to be performed next Friday. And it's been just such a joy to work with him. What he does, in addition to teaching percussion, is he plays with the phenomenal percussion ensemble, Percussion Group Cincinnati. They were Mm. One of the first percussion ensembles to ever even exist in the country, he basically helped to invent this genre. And some of the pieces he's working on the students with are these very early pieces. So we're really excited to have him. Well, that's exciting. What are some of these pieces? Well, one is an arrangement that he did of folk songs from Chiapas, Mexico. They're basically traditional folk songs where you have several people all on the same keyboard. So he's worked with the students to play from memory these three folk songs on the marimba, and that's been very lovely. That's an arrangement that he has done with his percussion group for years and years, and it's been such a delight to see the students learn you know, these classic traditional works. Another thing that he's been leading them on is a piece by Chinese composer Ku Xiaosong, called The Drums of Qi. It's this incredibly bombastic, drummy piece, very short, using some brand new Chinese toms that I just purchased recently, and it sounds totally fantastic. So those are two of the pieces that I think are going to go very well because of what Professor Adi's been working on with them. That sounds really exciting. What else is on the show? We have a piece for marimba duo called Mosaic by composer Nick Hubble that is a minimalist piece. And it's rather short. It's only about six minutes long, but it's one of these lovely pieces where you can actually see and hear the process happen. It's it's process music. And, you know, that that's being performed by sophomore Mariah Taller and first year Ben Friedland. And they're doing a wonderful job at it, performing from memory. And it's it's, it sounds really good. We're ending the concert with Chris Rouse's Kuka Ilimoku, which is a bombastic drummy piece. We have a piece by young emerging Seattle composer Nat Evans called Unrelated, which in addition to using uh, traditional keyboard instruments has leaves and branches and rocks thrown into the mix. So we're oh, going to wow. make a mess on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're g- <laughs> I hope you're bringing a rake, too. You know, we, we're we thinking about it. We'll, we'll do our best. 
Well, that sounds uh, really interesting. Is there anything else that we need to know about with the concert? You know, there is one more big piece, uh, a piece that Alan, Audie, and I have been working on intensely together with the students. It's by composer Christopher Burns, and it's called Three Standard Stoppages. And what's really interesting about this piece, which was actually just written a year ago, is that it was originally written for instruments called intona rumori, Oh, which the, in case uh, you don't, yeah. Rousselot's, uh Noise intoners. Yeah, from the Futurist Manifesto. Exactly, yes. And as you may or may not know, a bunch of these instruments that were created as part of the Futurist uh, movement in the early 20th century were all destroyed. We didn't have any of them. We had diagrams for them. We had a few <laughs> pictures, you know, some terrible recordings. But, you know, about five or ten years ago, someone decided that he would build, based on the plan, some new Intona Rumori and commission oh, cool. a whole bunch of pieces for them. So while we don't have Intona Rumori here, and we don't have any of the copies of them here, Alan and I have arranged this piece for percussion instruments that is based on the sounds of these futurist noise intoners. Oh. Uh, and you can expect in this piece, it's kind of a, a long, expansive work, you can expect to hear some electronic music that is played from individual smartphones or other devices. Uh -huh. You can expect the students to read some texts, some of which come from these very futurist manifestos you've written, and it's going to be sort of a surround sound, immersive experience for the audience, and we're really looking forward to that. That sounds really, really interesting. I know sometimes uh, recreating weird sounds with percussion instruments is harder than just using the original thing to make the sound, so... Uh, I'm, I think I'm, you're right. <laughs> I think that sounds really cool and really exciting. Yeah. And so when and where is the concert going to be held? The concert is going to be on Friday, November 20th. It's at 7.30 p.m. in Kresge Auditorium, and it's free and open to all. Well, can't wait to see it. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hello, everyone. This is Hannah Gothier. Recital season is just starting to pick up, and with me in the studio today, I have senior Kat Anderson Quinones, and she is here to talk to me about her senior recital, November 21st, at the Square. Hi, Kat. Hi. So, you play the cello. What kind of pieces can we look forward to at your recital? Well, on Saturday, I'm going to be playing three very different sonatas. The first is a late romantic Beethoven sonata, and mm. most cellists would argue that it's Beethoven's best cello sonata. Oh, awesome. It's a sonata in A major. And on the second half, I'll be playing the Hindemith sonata, which was written in 1922, and it is the complete opposite of the Beethoven sonata as far as being as very modern and has a lot of angular ideas. And then to finish things off, I'll be playing Debussy's monothematic sonata for a cello. Oh, it sounds like a really exciting program. So you are doing your recital on the square. Normally people do their recitals in Thompson. Did you have a reason for going down to the square to do your recital? I was really interested in embracing the 21CM aspect <laughs> of Tapa, and uh, since the first time I went to actually a storyteller's event at the square, I just really fell in love with the space, and it just it feels very comfortable, and it's more of like more of a congenial collaborative environment for both the performer and their relationship with the audience. That's a good reason to choose it, I think. So out of those three sonatas, which one are you most excited to play and have the audience hear? 
that's a very hard question (laughs) i think i don't know i just i really love all the sonatas equally actually they all have very different characters very different emotions and color worlds to bring to the audience so i think it's just more of i'm thinking more about like the entire experience because it's gonna take them from late romantic all the way up through impressionistic music that's really fantastic so you're graduating at the end of the semester what's one of your favorite depaw school of music memories I'd say my favorite DePaul School of Music memory would have to be when I traveled with the cello ensemble to the White House. Oh, yeah. I just We spent a lot of time rehearsing together, and a friend of mine did some arrangements for the performance, and mm. it just was a really great experience for us to work hard and really fine-tune some music in a short amount of time and also have the, an amazing end product of playing at the White House. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be remembered by a lot of people here for years to come. One more time, your recital is when? November 21st at 7.30 p.m. and it's on the square. And remember, Music on the Square is at 21 North Indiana Street. And this is the first student recital to be held there. So make sure you get down there to be a part of 21CM history. All right, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. I'm John Corigliano and you're listening to Music for Life. Hello music lovers, and welcome to the events calendar for the week of November 16th. It's a busy week here in the School of Music, so for all of you who have not gotten all of your recital attendance in, this could be the week for you. On Monday, November 16th, in Kresge Auditorium at 7.30pm, the DePaul Horn Ensemble and Trombone Choir will be giving a performance. On Tuesday, November 17th at 7.30 p.m. in Kresge, there will be a big woodwind bash. Wednesday, November 18th, 6 o'clock p.m. at Art Music at Almost Home, Alec Barker will be playing his violin. And at 7.30 p.m. in Kresge Auditorium on that same day, Wednesday, November 18th, the DePauw Jazz Ensemble will be giving a concert. On Friday, November 20th, at 7.30 p.m., the DePaul Percussion Ensemble will be performing. And on Saturday, November 21st, at 1 p.m., there will be a senior recital by tenor Lance Orta. And at 3 o'clock on Saturday, November 21st, also in Thompson, there will be a junior recital by Allison Amada on violin and Shiu Su on piano. 5 o'clock p.m., In Thompson on Saturday, November 21st, Dallas Gray will be giving his junior recital. And at 7.30 p.m. on November 21st, that Saturday, in Music on the Square, because this is the first student recital on the square, Kat Anderson Quinones will be playing her cello for her senior recital. And finally, Sunday, November 22nd, at 3 o'clock p.m. in Kresge, will be the DePauw University Band Concert. Looks like I ran out of music. Thank you very much. Have a great week. (laughs) From this week's student recital hour, cellist Peter Lockman and pianist Tony Weinstein performed the first movement, Allegretto, from Dmitry Shostakovich's first cello concerto, Opus 107.
everyone with me in the studio is senior tenor lance orta hi Hello. lance hi hi, hi. <laughs> so uh your senior recital is coming up november 21st at 1 p.m yes i can't wait me either honestly um so this is your senior recital mm-hmm. exciting what sort of things can we look for on the program is there going to be a lot of high pretty things like you tend to sing (laughs) yeah high and some low uh my russian set goes to a b flat oh uh speaking of russian that's like probably my favorite set Mm -hmm. just because it's russian and it's (laughs) rachmaninoff and beautiful okay not many people i feel like sing russian on their recitals like well how did this get picked it's normally the standard english german italian french like why russian dr jennings was like this would be good for you and so I sang through one, and uh, I think that was my junior year for juries, and we just, or I, along with KJ, fell in love with it, and so mm-hmm. we just decided on a set of Russian. What is the process for learning that? Like, because I know we don't, we don't offer a uh, Russian diction class, but yeah. <laughs> did you have to, like, listen to it a a billion times or that and along with uh it came with ipa Mm -hmm. uh and so oh that's handy yeah (laughs) and so uh because dr jennings doesn't know russian (laughs) to save his life uh so luckily we have tony here on staff and then now laura who's also a native speaker of russian oh yeah i had no idea until uh we had a studio and she was like you know what that's wrong and i was like (laughs) All right. Uh, but yeah, so just listening to a lot of uh, native singers mm-hmm. and then um, also going back to the IPA is yeah. kind of how I got off the weird Russian. <laughs> well, that's sure to be a treat for oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so you are wrapping your time up here at good old DePaul. Yes. What is like one school music memory that's going to stick with you for all time? Oh, um, I've had... A few good ones. <laughs> Just uh, a I few. mean, I've had many. Just a few. But <laughs> the few ones that are like up top would probably be uh, the master class with Thomas Hampson my mm. uh, sophomore year. And then uh, like the top is getting to improv top with is... Bobby McFerrin. Oh, yeah. That like, was that was probably the best. <laughs> that was fun. It was you and Blake Lampton, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> well, Lance, uh, can you share with the listeners one more time the time and date of your senior recital yes it'll be in thompson hall uh november 21st at 1 p.m all right thank you so much lance thank you Um, for letting me come by yeah of course uh looking forward to seeing you and everyone else there thank you very much hi i'm joe flummerfeld and you're listening to music for life Our jazz ensemble will be returning to Kresge's stage on November 18th at 7.30 p.m. And here to talk about it, our junior horn performance major, 
Drew Casey, and Professor Steve Snyder. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hi. So what's on the program? We always try to get a nice variety of things in there. And uh, two of my favorites are the Count Basie pieces, which... Uh, classics. Classics, for sure. One of them, uh, very slow, Little Darlin'. Yeah. And the other, uh, the blues in Haas Flat. Which of those do you like the most? I really do like Little Darlin' because, you know, playing piano in the band, it's a really sparse piece for the piano. You know, you could probably count all the notes I play on one hand. So it gives me a lot of time to kind of think about, you know, tasteful notes I want to play because I'm resting so much and just kind of enjoy the band. It's got some nice arpeggiations, too, in the guitar. So yeah. so you're not, you're not playing French horn? No, that would be... Uh, Drew's the one of the pianists, right? Yeah, one of them. In the jazz band. That's correct, yeah. But does equally well on horn and uh, jazz piano, so we're we're lucky to have him. We've also got a a funky piece by a composer named Matt Harris, and that's called uh, What's the Matter? And that's got kind of a uh, Tower of Power type of feeling to it. Mm -hmm. And we enjoy that one a lot. There's a piece by a wonderful... L.A. composer who's not that well-known, but writes beautiful things. And uh, this is a great standard called Where, When, that's uh, just really richly orchestrated and a, a beautiful ballad type uh, in a swing style. So, Who's the composer? Uh, his name is George Stone. George Stone. Yeah. And he's done a number of things uh, in the entertainment industry out there, and uh, he has a couple of his own records that are big band records, which are just fantastic, although not that well known. So it's great to be able to uh, dig into the repertoire and find those gems that are uh, less played, oh, less yeah. known, yeah. but still beautiful pieces. We've also got a piece called Just Friends, which is a great standard, very common in the jazz repertoire for small group playing. Mm, yeah, And uh, this one's been arranged for big band by Rob McConnell. And this piece is very popular. In fact, it's a, this arrangement in particular uh, has become probably the most well-known arrangement of this particular standard. Very fast-paced and features some difficult trombone work. The trombone player has been working hard to make that sound great, and uh, I'm looking forward to that, as well as some uh, interesting, what we would call a cappella. Yeah. Although it's not really... It's like a shout chorus, kind of. It is, yeah. Typically, a cappella means without instrumental accompaniment, but of mm-hmm. course, everything in the band that, uh, that we're talking about is an instrument. Yeah. So when we say a cappella for the winds, what we're talking about is winds without... Rhythm. Without rhythm section accompaniment, yeah. And there's a exciting section for that, which is challenging for them to uh, keep the tempo going and still play uh, expressively without the rhythm section, and they're doing great with that, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Is That's that interesting. Now, this is that classic arrangement you were talking about. Yes. And with jazz, the arrangement is as important as the tune itself. Yes. In fact, sometimes the arrangement is what makes the tune what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there can be very little actual uh, uh-huh. harmonic or melodic content, but the way that the arranger has chosen to add things to that format is what really makes uh, the piece of music happen. Mm. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, uh, I think one of the big things is that a lot of these tunes, you could put them on a lead sheet. I mean, pretty much all of them. You could put them on a lead sheet, and you could do it with maybe even you know piano-based drums and two horns if you wanted to. French um, horns? Yeah. Not quite. Not, not so Straussy. Um, you know, but I think a lot of the beauty of these is that 
especially with like the first Count Basie piece we talked about, um, Little Darling. The orchestration, if you want to use that word, is really exquisite and beautiful. Um, you know, in, in a way, with Little Darling, when I mentioned before those, uh, that opening uh, guitar arpeggiation to a chord, almost in a way kind of like harkens back to like a, a recitative or like a harpsichord, you know, strikes the chord and the singer sings. Like I said, it's the, the you know, the, the guitar that plays the, the rolled note and the band, die, yeah. The, yeah, you know, really, I like really that pretty. perspective. I never thought about it that way. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the final piece on the program is uh, by a composer. We've played a number of this composer's works. His name is Bob Mincer, and he does a lot of modern big band style writing. And this piece is called March Majestic. And uh, it's called a march because it's based on a rhythm that we find in New Orleans mm. called a street beat. And... Uh, the whole rhythm section is involved in creating that uh, street beat type of a feeling, and it's a, sort of a tribute to uh, the contributions of New Orleans to the genre. Mm. All right. What about the uh, Canadian? Rob McConnell. That band, I don't think they play anymore. Uh, Rob McConnell passed away a number of years ago, and I haven't heard anything from the band since then, but... Uh, I know that the DePaul group played another piece of his not too long ago. It's called Can't Stop My Leg. Did you play that yeah, piece? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, that's another Rob McConnell piece. So he's a very well-known composer in, in the genre, although uh, it seems like his, his music is kind of falling out of favor because there's nobody out there on the professional level who's really promoting it and, and making it, continuing to make it new. Hmm. So we've got six tunes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great show. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Anything yeah. else you guys want to add? I'm looking forward to the Jazz Ensemble performance Saturday and Sunday, December 5th and 6th at the annual Holiday Gala. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about that next week mm. with you. Great. So, so we don't need to talk about it now. Not right now. But that no. was my ending. Yeah. But we're yeah. coming back. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank it's you. always a pleasure. Thanks, Drew. Matt. Yep. All right. From this week's Recital Hour, tenor saxophonist Spencer Schillerstrom and pianist Steve Snyder perform Schillerstrom's piece, Suspended, and Bill Evans' arrangement of Henry Mancini's The Days of Wine and Roses.
another recital to look forward to, everyone. I have with me junior tenor Dallas Gray. Hello. Hi, Dallas. <laughs> so your junior recital is November 21st at 5 p.m. That is correct. Are you super excited? <laughs> I am. I'm very excited. Awesome. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so you're a tenor, right? You're uh-huh. a tenor. Yeah. Um, so what kind of things can we expect on the program for this recital? Well, we can expect some selections from the operetta Candide by Bernstein. That's yes. what I'm ending with. Good. Um, Good choice. So it's going to be, that's, I love Bernstein. I'm also doing some selections of Schumann's Liederkreis, mm. Opus 24. It's the one that no one really does a whole lot. You usually hear about Opus 39, but, mm-hmm. but I'm doing 24 because I'm cool like that I guess <laughs> kidding <clears throat> and I'm doing some handle ombra mm-hmm. maifu which oh. is a crowd favorite from yeah, <laughs> what I've discovered over this process <laughs> so yeah and uh, I'm doing a little bit of um Ottorino Respighi's French stuff and it's funny because he was an Italian composer yeah I was not expecting but, uh, French to come after that he was a musicologist and he was fluent in both French and Italian so he wrote both so it was really exciting I had no idea who Respighi was until going through this process and my voice teacher Carrie Jennings just handed me a stack of Respighi <laughs> stuff both Italian and French so mm-hmm. It's been very difficult. It's very difficult music, but it's very rewarding. So it's really awesome. What are you looking forward to the most? Like, what's your favorite piece to sing out of your recital? I would say one of the Respighi. Uh, well, both of them are about Christmas time. Like, one of them is about the story of Jesus' birth fun. and stuff. So, and I feel like it's close enough to December to be able to do this and it be acceptable. Yeah. So uh, before Thanksgiving, <laughs> right. so uh, well, we'll maybe bet. a little early, oh, Dallas. Uh, oh, um, whoops. <clears throat> that's fine. Uh, get us all in the spirit <laughs> right. of the season. So how has the preparation for your recital been alongside this ginormous part you have in the opera? Oh, uh, it's it's been a lot. I, I've had to definitely juggle them both at the same time. I think the closer it has gotten to my recital, it's the more I've been focusing on that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely once it's over, I'm going to concentrate solely on the opera, for sure. Sounds it's, about It's been right. a lot, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, can you remind everyone once again, time, date, place? It will be in Thompson Recital Hall on Saturday, November 21st at 5 p.m. Perfect. And there's a reception with goodies afterwards. Oh. I cannot wait. Your mom sends recipes all the time. Yes, so she does. <laughs> if she's bringing food, I know that I am excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Dallas. Thank I'll you. see you then. Alrighty. This weekend on Sunday night, November 15th at 7.30 p.m. in Thompson Recital Hall, we have a faculty select series guest artist, saxophonist, Timothy McAllister. And joining me to talk about this visit is DePaz saxophone professor, Scotty Stepp. Welcome, Scotty. Thank you, Matt. Thanks I'm, for coming in. I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Did you say I'm unhappy to be here? No, I said I'm happy to be here. All right. Well, that, okay. My feelings aren't hurt then. Okay. Tell me about Timothy McAllister. Timothy McAllister, I should first say that he's the saxophone professor at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's a big one. Yeah. It was summer of 1992 when we met. I, went, I had gone up to uh, 
Interlochen Arts Camp as a college student, uh, mm -hmm. just to work as one of their staff members, working okay. in the academic library. So I got a chance to meet Tim. He was working with the Michigan crew that go up there and are working every summer. And so we, as fellow saxophonists, we quickly became friends. And, and Tim had gone there as an actual high school student earlier on. And, um, and he, he was, he was a little bit further along in the whole saxophone world than I was. So I, mm -hmm. I got a chance to learn even, even that early on quite a bit from Tim and we formed a really good friendship and we played a lot of basketball and, you know, just kind of hung out and, and, uh, and just had a really good time. So, and we've, we've been, we've been friends since then. And, and it's been fun to kind of watch his career blossom. You know, the, really the three for us as saxophonists, classical saxophonists, University of Michigan, Northwestern and Indiana University have kind of been traditionally the three biggest schools for saxophone. Fred Hemke at Northwestern, uh, Eugene Rousseau at Indiana, and then uh, Donald Senta at University of Michigan. And, and Donald Senta just retired last year, and they invited uh, Tim to become the saxophonist there, and, and he quickly accepted. So cool. it's it's uh, he's kind of found home base. That's where he's he's got his degrees from, and I'm sure he's very happy with his current job situation. So it's great to have him there. Right on. So what's he going to uh, be bringing to us? It's a really exciting program. Um, he's going to start off by playing a, a Sanson. Oboe Sonata, Opus number 166. But on saxophone. On saxophone, that's correct. Yeah, so so transcription to, to start off the evening. And then and then with the second transcription, the, the, the second piece is Messian's The Abyss of the Birds from the Quartet from the End of Time. Oh, okay. So I'm excited to hear that one because I've not heard that done on saxophone, and it's one of my favorite things written for clarinet. It's just a beautiful beautiful piece. Do you know which saxophone he's going to be using for that? I don't. I would assume it's going to be on soprano saxophone. Okay. Yeah. And then he's going to be playing uh, some pretty heavy saxophone literature, Edison Denisov's Sonata for saxophone and piano, which is, you know, when it had come out in 1970, was thought by many to be almost unplayable. Mm -hmm. um, a very, very difficult piece during that era of our instrument's history. And he's going to be doing a couple of other pieces. One's called Street Legal. And I just wanted to read a little bit of the program information for that piece because it's uh, I think it'll pique some people's interest. About her piece, Street Legal, she writes, The word street legal comes from the world of racing cars. To me, it suggests a vehicle of great speed and power tearing around city streets and highways. It brings to mind something fast, brilliant, shiny, and even a little bit dangerous. So it should be a very entertaining uh, composition. I yeah, think. that sounds like fun. And he's doing a, another piece by Christopher Fisher Lockhead called Torch Song. And then he's going to finish the program with a piece by William Albright, the Sonata for Saxophone and Piano. And it's, it's one of my favorite pieces. That was kind of, for me as an undergrad student, that was the piece I always wanted to play. That, mm. was, my, that was my first really big goal for a big piece. And, and, right. and it's a piece that's one of the most famous ones for our, for our instrument that are of the modern pieces. And the second movement is just this beautiful elegy to a friend of Albright's that I think is at least for me, is one of the most beautiful things ever written for our instrument. It's, it's, it's just hauntingly beautiful. How nice. Didn't William Albright uh, teach at Michigan? Yes, William Albright was a, a professor there, and uh, I'm sure that's partly where, you know, and I think a couple of the other composers on our list that he's performing on mm -hmm. the, are also former, if not current, uh, Michigan composers. All right, well, that sounds like a really interesting program and a really interesting person. Just come out. He's he's really down to earth. Um, Dr. McAllister is just just a very nice man, and I, I encourage that audience to come back after the concert and come backstage and, and introduce themselves. All right. Well, that's happening this weekend, right as this podcast is released. This Sunday, 
November 15th, and it's at 7.30 in Thompson. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. From the Faculty Select Series concert of November 9th, 2015, guest forte pianist Leslie Tung performs Ludwig van Beethoven's Piano Sonata Opus 27 Number 2, The Moonlight. Thank you. 
We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Music for Life. We love hearing from listeners. You can contact us by emailing musicforlife at depaw.edu. We're also on Facebook at DePaul Music for Life, and you can subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching there for DePaul Music for Life. Our student producers are Hannah Gothier, Burke Stanton, and Matt Skiba. Veronica Pedrel is our online editor, and our show is produced by Matthew Champagne in the Judson and Joyce Green Center for the Performing Arts at DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana. I'm Mark McCoy, Dean of the School of Music. Thank you for listening to our show. Keep music in your life and have a great week.
It's music for life. 